Sorry, that was a really good question. Lots of conversation there. Thank you for being here, everyone. Um, my name is John Ray. I'm one of the people here at Grace, and uh, I have a unique opportunity in that I travel quite a bit. In this past week, I engaged with six different churches uh, in Texas of all different denominations and sizes, um, at least six. And every time I do that and I come back here, I'm so grateful for this church. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for what we have here at Grace Church. So thank you for being here this morning and all that you give and all that you bring. What we do during this time, and we're being more intentional, something the Lord taught us this summer as we studied Acts, is preparing ourselves to hear the Word of God that will be brought today, and actively inviting God the Holy Spirit to be present, to give us discernment, to give us courage to obey what we learn, to give us ears to hear, eyes to see. And so what I'd ask you to do now is, is we've dropped off the kids and we're settling in to hear the word is to, is to pray this prayer with me as a way of welcoming and opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, what God the Holy Spirit would say to us this morning. And as also setting our intention to obey whatever that is that God the Holy Spirit shows us so that we're not just passively Receiving, but we're actively looking and posturing ourselves to obey. So, Andrew, if you'd bring that first slide as we pray. Well, it's back. I think it's earlier. Did they go in on the prayer? No? Hmm. Well, it may not have got in there. So, pray with me. God, thank you for your presence of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are here and active, alive among us. That it is you who have gathered us. It is you who sustain us. It is you who enliven us. And this morning we ask specifically that you would grace us to hear and to obey that we would hear your voice saying, this is the way. Come, follow me and walk in it. We pray specifically against all those things that would distract us, that would distort the message. All the things of the world, the flesh and the devil that would seek to deceive and to steal. And we pray the power and protection of the Holy Spirit over this place this morning. And God, thank you for letting us gather. Thank you for letting us worship. Thank you for giving us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning, everyone. That's nice. I'm Jane Ray. I'm part of the teaching team here at Grace. Been doing that a long time. 
And I have to tell you something honest. I'm super glad about this right here, that I'm not holding a microphone, and that I don't have a translator standing beside me. When we teach in Mexico or Costa Rica, there's usually someone very brave standing beside me translating my words. So in a way, I'm loving all of this. And so we're going to move forward with some of what John touched on last week. Um, it's focusing still on grace. The words are up there, discovering grace. That's not going to leave us. And this week's scripture is, <clears throat> I'm going to, it's interesting, to say the least. So we're going to dig into that right now. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest time of the day. And I may add a little bit here and there that seems to always happen at the hottest time of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing across from him. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by and leave your servant. Let a little water be brought so that you may all wash your feet and rest under the tree. And let me get a bit of food so that you may refresh yourselves since you have passed by your servant's home. After that, you may be on your way. All right, they replied. You may do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent and said to Sarah, Quick, take three measures of fine flour and eat it and make bread. Why he gave her the recipe for bread, we don't know. <laughs> I am 100% sure she knew how to make bread. That's okay. Then Abraham ran to the herd and chose a fine tender calf and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. Once again... Pretty sure it doesn't happen in a minute. Abraham then took some curds and milk along with the calf that had been prepared and placed the food before them. They ate while he was standing near them under a tree. Then they asked him, where's Sarah, your wife? He replied, there in the tent. One of them said, I will surely return to you when the season comes round again and your wife Sarah will have a son. This is an interesting part. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, not far behind him. Abraham and Sarah were old and advancing in years, and Sarah had long since passed menopause. So Sarah laughed to herself, thinking, After I am worn out, will I have pleasure, especially when my husband is too old? Talked about that a lot on teaching team, just so you know. The Lord said to Abraham, <laughs> I love this part, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child when I am old? Is anything impossible for the Lord? I will return to you when the season comes round again, and Sarah will have a son. Then Sarah lied, saying, I did not laugh, because she was afraid. But the Lord said, No, you did laugh. <laughs> it's so interesting. Like, I'm right here. <laughs> the Lord visited Sarah just as he had said he would, and did for Sarah what he had promised. So Sarah became pregnant and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the appointed time that God had told him. Abraham named his son, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him just as God had commanded him to do. Now Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, and this is a lovely part, God has made me laugh. Everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. She went on to say, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have given birth to a son for him in his old age. There's just so much happening here. And it's hard not to focus on the laughing part. And we talked a lot about that at teaching team. 
There are a mountain of commentaries written just on that bit of scripture. Two sentences. And people were just focused on it. And I have to admit, I'm, I'm a little bit fascinated by it myself. Because Sarah lied to the Lord. And even teaching team was slightly divided on what her laughter may have meant. She had a lot to be doubtful about. She'd been given this promise, waited for years to have a child, and she's barren. She's doubting, so she scoffs. She's cynical. Yeah, right. She kind of says that to God. But I also read a commentary that suggests it was a bit of mirth. Maybe it was a bit of mirth. And Amy on teaching team is the only person that suggested that. Good job, Amy. But is it okay for me to say it's okay to not know for sure on this one? And this is why. Because we ultimately know for sure that God kept his promise. And it's super interesting to watch how he did it. Though if you were in it, it may not have been quite as interesting. So we're going to paint a picture here at the timeline of Abram's and Sarah's life. A little bit key moments. Knowing that Abram's name didn't change to Abraham and Sarah to kind of the same as Sarah. Until they were about halfway through their life. So first small fact, love this part actually, Abram's father was 70 years old when he was born. Definitely a different time, folks. I mean, honestly, how many people in this room know a 70-year-old first-time dad? Although, and we talked about this at teaching team, uh, it just happened in India, so have at that, Google it, you'll see. Second, Abraham was 75 years old, when God said to Sarah and him, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, the Lord has said to Abraham, Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Third, it was 11 years, not minutes, months, or days. 11 years later, Ishmael was born through Hagar, Sarah's maidservant. Fourth, Sarah is 89 years old, and Abraham is 99 years old when God said she was going to have a child. And scripture proves it. Genesis 17, Abraham was 99 years old when the Lord appeared to him again and said, I am God all-powerful. In the teaching guide this week, the learning guide, excuse me, there's a list of the names of God. And the question was presented, just explore this list and see what the names of God, how they can be fulfilled in our lives. So when it says here, God all-powerful, I'm all for it. It's a Beautiful reminder for us. If you obey me and always do right, I will keep my solemn promise to you and give you more descendants that can be counted. Abram bowed with his face to the ground and God said, I promise that you will be the father of many nations. 
That's why I now change your name from Abram to Abraham. I will give you a lot of descendants, and in the future they will become great nations. Some of them will even be kings. I will always keep the promise I have made to you and your descendants because I am your God and their God. I will give you and them the land in which you are now a foreigner. I will give the whole land of Canaan to your family forever, and I will be their God. Back to the timeline, fifth. Sarah is 90, and Abraham is 100 when Isaac is born. It's kind of hard to imagine, but... Six, Sarah lives to 127 years, and Abraham lives to 175 years of age. The math tells us Abraham and Sarah waited about 25 years for God's promise to become a reality. And I would ask all of us, has any one of us ever waited that long for anything with anticipation? 25 years. It's kind of easy to understand why she may have laughed a little bit. Now let me tell you another story. Almost 35 years ago, I was a missionary in Guatemala just having finished a training school. And not having the funds to go to my second training school, I got on a bus, came all the way back to the United States. Really long bus ride. Came back to the States, pleading with God, this is all I want to do. And in a basically miraculous way, God provided all the money. Got on another bus, went all the way back to Guatemala. And when we were in Guatemala, and I'm going through my training, we were basically in Guatemala and El Salvador. And um, a lot of that was handing out clothing. Love doing that, actually, to this minute, working in schools. And we had a drama team um, with dancing animals that we took throughout El Salvador, even onto active military bases. Literally, I'm a dancing rabbit. Um, <laughs> or season. And, um, and I can, I'm going to sing a little bit of the song because it's still in my head. It's never going to leave me, right? And I'm this huge rabbit costume. I have to tell you, the, the, the wingspan, the, the span of the ears was just enormous, right? Big, huge eyes and hat. That means all fur. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm painting you a really good picture here. Um, and he goes, the time has come for you. You must decide what you will do. Da, 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 da. The time has come for you. And everybody loved the rabbit. I was everybody's favorite. You never know where God's going to tell you to do someday. I'm just saying that. And I remember a day when I was having a moment with God. I was laying in my bunk bed. And I so remember this. I was laying in my bunk bed. I was listening to You 2 Joshua's Tree on my Walkman. Yes, I had a Walkman. I know, I probably still have the headphones to that Walkman. Um, you can't kill them. <laughs> so one thing, they're still around. Um, and I said to God, with my whole heart, God, there's absolutely nothing that will separate me from you. I love you so much. I'm so grateful. And I meant every word of it. So much so that it was and still is for me 
an amazing moment of commitment. It wasn't just emotional, it was everything. 25 years later, I'm in an idyllic location in Norway with my family. A small cottage in the countryside. It's winter and the pond is iced over and the trees are sparkling. It really, really, really was that beautiful. And I'm having a moment with God. And I'm laying in bed in a small room. And I said to God, I want a divorce. You hurt me. This hurts so much. And I trusted you because you could have saved her. And you didn't. And I'm done. You coulda, shoulda, woulda. You didn't. I am done. And it felt really good to be done. You know, it's hard to trust God when your greatest fear becomes reality. And mine did. And I'm standing before God, and I see him. And I'm literally handing him papers, ready to walk away. And never, ever look back. This was definitive. The thing about divorce is it takes two people or two to make it happen. God looked at me and told me something I needed to hear. He said, I will never leave you. I know this hurts, and I will never leave you. And that is God's grace. I will never leave you even when you want to leave me. That is the grace of God. Abraham was 75 years old when God said in Genesis 12, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Right here at this time, God is making a covenant with Abraham. And to give a little perspective on what this truly means, here's a good description. The Abrahamic covenant is really the beginnings of the formal revelation of the covenant of grace, of God's decision to reach into humanity and specifically save people for himself. He promises that Abraham is going to be a great nation, that he's going to be given a land, a place to live, and that through him, all the nations will be blessed. 
and a nation of people who would bring forth Jesus Christ as the ultimate promised blessing. And want to know something else? It is unconditional. This moment of blessing to Abraham and Sarah is full of grace. Because God's unending faithfulness, his understanding, and promise, he will never abandon us in grace. And he was, in its very essence, redeeming the fall in the Garden of Eden. And again, a promise fulfilled. But one of the questions I kept asking throughout all of this, where is the grace in waiting? Where's the grace in pain? Where's the grace in our doubt? And again, we're sure that Sarah had intense pain. So much so that she laughed out loud at the thought of it. So perhaps we can see the answer for grace in more than just one way. We are an intimate part of God's covenant, set in stone. And that covenant is based on grace for us as a fulfillment of his promises. Then there is grace in the abundance of God's blessings. His promises tell us that he will never leave or forsake us. Unconditional, never. And I believe there is grace in the examples of the faithfulness to us, even if it takes a really long time. Even when we dealt, even when it hurts, even when we can't see what is ahead, there is most definitely grace, even in the laughter. And there's grace for that young girl, full of hope, lying in a bunk bed in Guatemala. And there's grace for that mom missing her little girl, walking those snowy roads in Norway. And there's grace for all of you, for all of us. And that grace is always, 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 always. And this table beautiful table, this beautiful handmade table with love, is an example of grace. We take communion together as our commitment to him and to each other, knowing it's open to all, offering no shame or guilt, and it's always offering hope. Worship team's going to come up and lead us in grace.
on the night that Christ was betrayed, he gathered his disciples in the upper room and gave them this commandment. It says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And then he went out, and he showed us how to love. His body was broken for us. His blood poured out for us. We do this um, in remembrance of him.
this morning. All right, before I send you off to your Sunday afternoon football, um, we have a benediction. And may we all rest in grace and peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. All right, Grace Church, have a great Sunday. Have a great week.